These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm a comedian who survived a coma and lived to start a podcast and ask a bunch of people questions about the meaning of life. And the person I'm asking the questions of today, this week, this episode is Psalm One, the rapper, the legendary independent rapper and author. She wrote the book Her Word is Bond, Navigating Hip-Hop and Relationships in a Culture of Misogyny for Haymarket Books. Haymarket is a fucking righteous communist press, and Psalm One's first book is a personal rap memoir out on the communist press. It's fucking cool. It rules. The book is great. Her music is great. Um, Big Perm, her most recent album, is wonderful. And I think you should check it out. You can check out all of her links in the show notes. You can also support This Is Your Afterlife by going to the link in the show notes for the show's Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. For five bucks, you get all the bonus audio. For 15 bucks, you become a pigeon level patron and you get a shout out on the show like this. Thank you to the pigeons known as Fred Fidoa, Susie Carroll, Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Debo, Shuba Singh, and John Lee. That is just one way you can support the show. You can also support the show by signing up for my newsletter, by reviewing the show in your app, by subscribing, or just telling an actual human face-to-face, possibly masked face-to-masked-face friend about the show. And I would, I would really appreciate that. But right now, I will really appreciate just you being able to listen to my conversation with Psalm 1. So here we go. It's me and Psalm One. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like Paint your hell. So I would think uh, my hell would be the hell that was painted um, as a child um, with very staunch Christian family members. That um, that Revelation, that Book of Revelations, hell, where you know, all of your insecurities, all of the things that you are absolutely afraid of within yourself and all the things that you've done that are crappy to people, they're there on a constant replay. Um, With me, uh, hell would be, I guess, going where none of my friends are going. So, (laughs) so like, there's, there'd be no one there to like, hey, look at this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I can't like, Hell would probably be me not being able to like crack jokes about the hellish um, faith mm-hmm. that we've endured. You know what I mean? Like not being able to comment or hate or be bitter about what the hell's <laughs> going on right now. Like, and why am I here? You know, no one to complain to. Yeah, because that bit when you can complain, there's a release valve for the at bitterness. least. Yeah, at least. You know, I guess my hell would be not to have that outlet. Right. It's just slowly building into. Because if it's gnashing of teeth and like, you know, the yeah. the rats, you know, I, I really don't like, I don't do rodents. I don't do vermin okay. too well. So if I'm with all the rats and they're all like eating my, you know, my, my flesh that has already gone off my bones <laughs> and it's just my spirit and it's just rats everywhere. 
this is hell, but it's extra hell if I can't complain. If there's no friend there that has rats on them too. These fucking rats. Yeah, like, come on, like, come on, you know? Yeah. Are there no other people or is it just not having your friends around? Um, There's, there's, I, I can't speak. I don't have a voice anymore. I, there's, you know, because I feel like if there's anyone else down there and I have a voice, might be able to charm them, you know, like, hey, you hate it down here, too. Let's be friends, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm not able to, if I'm not able to speak or voice my opinions, then that is truly hell. That negative familiarity is such a, like, I do it all. It's it's probably my first move to win over a stranger, <laughs> sure. but it really is a risk. You realize that not everyone was judging the situation the way sure. that you're like, you're like, what's up with this? And everyone's like, huh? what do you mean? What do you, and you're like, oh no, I took a leap and I fucking, <laughs> turns out yeah, like that would be hell. It would, it would be being stuck with the person who doesn't find hell that bad. Yeah, yeah, right. They're just like, eh, it's a little hot. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope happens when you die? Mm. I hope none of the people who really didn't fuck with me on Earth die. They can't come to my funeral. They, they, you know what I mean. Like, hopefully, there are enough people who really knew me still alive. So that they can monitor the guest list at my at my funeral, um, okay. and um, rest in peace to Idea. At his funeral, his one of his best friends DJed uh, the funeral, and I'm gonna steal that. So, yeah, I'm gonna have a DJ, and we're gonna have two separate ones. Like, there's gonna be like a wristband for like the real funeral. And then there's going to be like a GA for like the people who are like, eh. you know, like they, they know me, but they don't know me, know me. And then there'll be like okay. a real party for the people who stuck, stuck around long enough. Is it in the same venue, like a VIP? Yeah. Area, or yeah. Because separate- yeah, we have to have it in the same building. So the people who didn't get the VIP package, they are, they're mad. And then they wish that they, they were nicer yeah, yeah, yeah. to me. So are those people, the people who are being gate kept from your funeral. They're allowed <laughs> to have those GA passes. Uh yeah, because it's like there's tears. It's like there might be a questionnaire and like there's some questions like and if you get those right, you get the VIP, you know. Okay. Okay. It sounds like are there people specifically who is it people who were apathetic toward you or people who were like bad to you? Oh no! In terms of not fucking with me. So, see, they're not fucking with me. They're not allowed in there at all. You know what I mean? There's gonna be, you know, there will be people who are like, "Oh my god, some." It's like, no, you didn't, you didn't love her. You didn't love her. Sure, they sure, won't sure, even sure. get the GA. It, the difference between the the GA is just like the the people who knew me, who loved me. They might not necessarily be super close, but they have they have good tidings in mind, you know, in mind when yeah, they, yeah, when yeah. they thought of me and then they knew enough. Um, but then, you know, for the 10 or so VIP package members, wow, they'll get 10. like, a, <laughs> I know there might be. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, that's a good number. Yeah. That's, so they'll get like dinner in a movie or something like that. <laughs> and a DJ, you know, something else to, to just be like, you were at, you were, you were a really great friend, you know? Who's the friend you'd want to DJ? Is it Clinton? 
Clinton could DJ. That'd be good. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, DJ Sean Doe could do it because he's familiar with my catalog. Um, Clinton could definitely do it because he's familiar. It would have to be someone who was like actually like kind of listened to me for a while and not just putting together like the Spotify unwrapped and a year playlist, but <laughs> yeah, going yeah. in the deep cuts, you know what I mean? Stuff you can't so even get on band. They're DJing your music. Oh yeah. There. Come on now. Okay. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> The full someone discography, you know? Okay. My question is, cause cause where I saw you and introduced myself was that was that um I don't I don't know what I would imagine that, that was an, an atypical gig for you. That I think it was like a Rogers Park. The Glenwood Avenue. Fest. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The Arts Fest. Yeah. Like, you know, very deftly uh leaving out certain words sure. for kids and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um but the song that hit me there was Need Love Too. Mm-hmm. Does that make it onto the playlist? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not worried about like sample clearance issues. <laughs> that, uh, listen, if they're coming at me, <laughs> if they're coming for that $32 at my funeral, it's like, come on, just let me have it. What about in terms of what happens to you? soul wise spirit wise consciousness wise Mm -hmm. do you have any any preferences there there's a part of me that likes to think of it as an eternal rest like you're absolutely you're done you know you're done you did what you know you came to do and now it's that's just it but you know there's a pieces of me feel like it, you know, it might be cool to come back as something, you know, come back as like a venue green room or something, you know, or like, mm. a, <laughs> or a lamp at a, a gynecologist's office or something, just someplace funny, you <laughs> just know, to be just to be there. A little bit of a perv. Yeah, no, well, well, n- not physically, just, okay. me- just mentally. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. For sure. Um, it, is there a specific venue green room you can imagine wanting to be? Uh, Chicago, I, I could, I could do, I could, I could, I could be dead at the Metro forever. Really? Dead at the Metro forever. Dead at empty bottle forever. Yeah. Okay. I, I could do that. What is it about those? Um, Interesting shows, interesting bills, Metro, like uh, just the history there. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of like shows that you just would never imagine would be there still. And shows of people that are like, who go on to do, to just be huge. So I'd love to catch shows, catch up some of those uh, acts behind the scenes. That'd be fun. On the way up and on the way down. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything about the eternal rest that freaks you out? As a as a rapper, it's like I I want to I want to say everything. Um, I used to have this conversation with a friend of mine, Pugsley. Shout out Pugsley Adams from the Nacrobats about if you could say everything in one sixteen bar verse, do you think you could? And the answer is usually like, no, you know, 
Um, I have certain verses and songs and now albums. Like I feel like with my latest album, Big Perm, I said a lot of things that I set out to say, but then it opens up more in me about like, okay, have I said everything? I'm, I'm a 40 plus year old rapper. I've been rapping for 20 years. How much more is there to say? But I also know that there's life. There's like, as long as there's life to live, there's something to say, at least in my case. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing. Uh, dying without saying the things that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And the cruel joke there is like, the, the longer I live, the more there is to say. So it's like, it'll never happen. Yeah. Are there things where you feel like you've nailed it, where you've said what you needed to say and you haven't ever revisited? Because I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same things over and over again, mm-hmm. in a, not in a boring way, but in a way where I hear about other people talk about artists with like, you know, two or three main or one or two main things. Sure, sure. sure. You know, a, a novelist like writing the same novel and over and over. But is there mm-hmm. anything where you feel like, no, that that song or that album or that verse, I I nailed it. Yeah. And that was and and I haven't revisited that idea since. I have a verse on the Cunning Link Cunning Linguist um, album, and it's called um, "The Morning." It's with me, Cunning Linguist, and Blue. And the streets say that I nailed "Heartbreak" um, because so many people have told me, like, "No, that's the Psalm verse," which. I'm always, I have this uncanny knack of giving other people my best verses. And, <laughs> but, the ludicrous conundrum. Yeah. It's just like, man, like I didn't know it was going to hit like that, but um, <laughs> I, I I was really heartbroken when I wrote that verse. I remember where I was. I remember how I felt and I guess it came through and that was definitely, and that is a topic that I revisit quite a bit, like heartbreak and just fucking up with love but I think there was something, some sort of pain in that verse that really kind of captured it. And then, um, and that was a verse. And then I have a song called Anxious, Nervous, and Imperfect that I put out last year. And that song encapsulates what we were talking about earlier about being like, kind of like on the fringes of fame and coming to grips with the fact that while I'm on the while I'm on the fringes of fame, there are people that are close to me who are very much inside the building. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. and and dealing with that and accepting the fact that like, I mean, in the song I say, all my friends are famous and I'm not. That's okay now. And that was that took a long time for me to say and believe. So yeah, that's a song where I feel like I nailed that 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 bitterness and and the acceptance of it. That that's okay now is so key because it's like there's a voice in my head that's like, well, that sounds like sour grapes. You you, mm-hmm. you either have to die not being okay with that, <laughs> or or give up and and never make anything again, mm-hmm. which are like obviously both horrible choices. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the now is what's important in that mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. because it denotes that it wasn't okay for a very long time. Right. Yeah. Y- yeah. Absolutely. For me, it's uh, inner child is a brat. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the shortest, most <laughs> most succinct, punchiest. Where I'm just like that whole song. I was like, yeah, and the then, shadow um, work. Uh, yeah, Thank I think you. I think I think that's what uh, that's what had me by the by the album. I was like, 
once I heard the shadow work and the beat switch at the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna check out what's uh, what's on the rest of the record now. You know, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. But so okay, so there's nothing about losing consciousness that makes you panic. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, I can think of we're we're fucking idiots in high school. Um freshman in high school, we had like a vampire obsession, me and a group of friends. And we used to do this thing called getting fainted, which is when you um you bend over. Yes. Yeah, and then you know, you do the thing and they like kind of squeeze, cut off your <laughs> You like hyperventilate yeah, and you yeah. lean up against a wall and someone like slams into you a little bit. Well, this, well, that, that could do it too, but it's basically like you make yourself lightheaded and then right. have someone kind of cut off your oxygen, but like not enough to kill you, but enough to like pass you out. We, I did that once or twice and was like, this is the dumbest thing that I've ever done. You know, like this is stupid. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, waking up on my friend's yard with all my friends, like, Standing over me like, oh, look, get up. You know, like, that's just dumb. <laughs> um, another thing, uh, these are two of the kind of the same thing. Um, when I was 19, uh, I used to go visit my family in New Jersey a lot and then, like, go across the river to see my friends in New York. Um, New Jersey has great deals and no tax on clothes. So as a 19 year old, I was like, yo, I'm finna style on all my friends. When I come back <laughs> to, to Chicago from New York, I bought these polo pants. They were like 20 bucks. They were marked down from like a hundred or something in the mall. I buy them. I'm like, I'm wearing these tomorrow to the common roots concert at central okay. in central park. The reason these pants were so discounted was because it's the summer and these pants had fleece in them. These were winter pants. I didn't care. It's 90 degrees. I'm wearing these fleece pants with my friends, not thinking anything of it. I pass out at this at this concert. Just from the pants. Heat heat stroke, man. From in your pants. leg. I would think of shirts, but that is those are intense pants. <laughs> these things were like these things were like ski pants, honestly. Like these, yeah. were, like, they had no, I had no business wearing these things, and I literally passed out, and it sucked because I missed the concert. And all my friends, my friends were there for me. Thank God for good friends, but they were pissed too. It's like we missed the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that you know, no one has time for that, you know. <laughs> but then, uh, in and I believe it was August, no July. I went on a date with my partner. Kind of the same thing. My partner bought some pants the day before. It was like, I'm going to look cute. And it, they these were like lined pants with like an extra layer of like polyester or cotton or whatever. It's 90 degrees. We're like going to go to this like adult theme park thing where you're like axe throwing, go-karts and drinks and stuff. And then we're going to go there and then we're going to go to eat. So we kind of didn't eat enough. We go out, long story short, we didn't even really make it there like for a good half an hour. My partner passes out from the pants again. And I saw her, I saw her light shut off. Basically. It's like, it's like that. It's like the, the, your eyes go completely yeah. soulless and blank. 
And it was like movie time because she was just like, oh, I feel I feel kind of faint. Next thing you know, I'm holding her like pick, holding her like she's out. It's all like dead weight. She's brain is pretty much shut off. She was out for like a good 30 seconds. I was ready for my movie role, like scene because I was about to act a fucking fool in, in that venue. But thank God um, she was basically dehydrated and overheated and just had to like cool down basically. And she was fine. But yeah, the, the passing out, like especially when you see someone, when you see someone go from being conscious to being like, they're not here anymore. It is scary. So, But it doesn't scare you in terms of yourself thinking about that being a sort of final destination. Those feel like different things somehow? Yeah, uh, would only be scared of it when it's happening. Um, when, it, when, I'm, mm. when I'm removed from it, I'm just kind of like, mm, that, that would be a sucky way to go, but that's not something that would you know, keep me up at night. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's the difference between you and me, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) My next question is more of a prompt and it comes from my most recent one man show, which is set in the afterlife. And in the afterlife, I say in the show, you get to fully relive one memory. Mm. So it's like a room that you can pop into and out of whenever you want, just like experiencing it as deeply and fully as if you were right back there. If that were the case, but you only could pick one, what memory would you choose to relive? This is kind of ridiculous, but it is awesome. Um, My first time performing in France and um, I forget what, Um, city we were in but I'd done a sold out show at this tiny club it wasn't like huge but it was a tiny club in France and it was sold out and I headlined and it was like the the town shut down like they were like well someone is here you know I was like yo I'm big here you know what I mean um and after the show um the best restaurant in town the local chef shut down the, the restaurant for me, my DJ, and my um, tour manager to come and have dinner. And when we walked in, he like, the whole the whole place like got up and started like, bravo, bravo, and all this. And like, he kicked people out of the restaurant. He's like, we've got celebrities here. And I was just like, damn, is this how it feels to actually be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, and we had like one of the best meals I ever had. And that was, that was a memory that um, I'll always hold dear. And the French really, they kind of want you to finish your plate, clean your sure. plate as a sign of like, you know, respect and everything. And we had been eating all day and I never forget my DJ could not eat anymore. He was so stuffed. It was so funny. <laughs> and like, he was trying to eat his plates and he couldn't. And, and like the chef was like trying not to get offended. And, and I just kept being like, cool he's just really stuffed you know like and he like and and it was like my word that like got him like not to be offended and shit so like this was (laughs) like you think would have happened if you hadn't vouched death death i saved his life (laughs) i saved his life that night he was eating too many donor kebabs and then we went and had like a seven course meal so 
It was Wait, stuck. what city was this in France? I want to say I want to say Bordeaux. I want to okay. say Bordeaux, but I it, it could have been it could have been it could have been like Dijon or something. It was either Bordeaux or Dijon, one of those. And what how do you account for the sellout? Was it just people in Bordeaux or you, or you were just like really good tour mapping where you were perfectly far away from wherever the next stop was and everyone in the area came or I think it was a small enough spot where, you know, everybody in the area came. My, my name was, was buzzworthy at that, you know, that year. Yeah, and um, yeah. it was one of my first times performing in the area. And also my tour manager, Guillaume was just really, he's just really good at what he does. Okay. Guillaume, that sounds French. Yeah. It's like, it's like big Billy. It's like Billy here. William. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it sounds like he had local connects. Yeah. He's the man. He's the man. Okay. Okay. What was the meal? Oh man. Um, so as cargo, we had the snails first. Uh-huh. We had crazy baguettes, tons of cheese. Like to start. I remember we had like, uh, it might have been filet. We had coco vin. We had um, some pasta dish, like just with seasonal, you know, stuff that was around. Yeah, uh, and it was just it was just beautiful. It's just like a very very traditional, I guess, French fare, but it was done well. And I think Americans have, well, some Americans have like a. Uh, love like sort of obsession with French culture and a lot of places in America do French wrong. So, you know, just even with like sparkling wine versus champagne, things like that. Sure. Sure. So it was nice for me because I studied French in high school and a little bit in college. So to, to, to go there uh, based on rapping and to be treated like that was this one of my favorite memories for sure. Especially, I mean, as a black woman, it's you know, it's not it's not everywhere where I get like standing ovations and <laughs> get yeah. get the restaurant cleared especially, out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, do you remember the show? Like the quality of the show? Yeah, the show was good because, uh, like, uh, again, Guillaume is a, is great at what he does. And, like, you know, we were in some nice venues, good sound, you know, good, capable sound people. So, yeah, it was a good show. Small. It was small. But, it, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm not like the most selling, you know, I don't no. sell the most tickets on Earth. So but it but if I pack a small club, I'm happy. And, and it was it was a packed club. It was like. It was like the place to be that night, you know? Sure. It sounds like, because there's certain things that um, that draw people to their answers to this question. Mm-hmm. And one of them that I think is in yours is just these, like, it's just maximizing sensual pleasures. Yeah. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. And it's it seems less about the specific people who were around maybe and more about those things. Is that right? Yeah. It was the, the food, the feelings, um, just being so far from home and feeling uh, validated in such a, a difficult career, you know, 
Um, is this where is this in your? So it's the first time you're playing France. Is mm-hmm. it? It's earlier in my career. Okay. Earlier in my career. Um, but you know, first time overseas, didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So it wasn't. It was. It it had the feeling. It sounds like more of. Like you said, oh, this is how it's going to be. Oh, is this is this the realm we're in now? As opposed to, oh my God, thank God, uh, a, a, an oasis like, in the midst of yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, is that right? no, it was it was more like everything was going good, and then everything was going well, like good tour. But then this particular night was like, whoa, have I transcended? And it's just like the next show is just like, no, I have not transcended, but. <laughs> But we had a good time. We had a magical night, you know? What's your coma? In the sense of, for me, being in a coma, it's not a straight line, but it does serve as one of many dividing lines in a life where you're like, okay, before I was that person and after I sort of jaggedly became this other person. Mm -hmm. Any moment like that, big or small can be like totally mundane, but something where you, it felt transformational and you can look back and say like, Oh, this changed. Yeah. This was there. This was a moment. Hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's a part in the, there's a part in the book. Uh, I think you're past this part. Cause I'm, um, I'm 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 out of San Francisco. It's the part uh-huh. in the book where I fought with my ex at the bar and the cops came and I had to drive all the way home. And when we got home, my partner jumped on my back and bit my face and bruised me up and we fought and then I went and hid down in the Am I spoiling this? Did you you read this part? No, no, right? no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the 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 next day so, so like I, I went down into like my little cubby hole, like escape room, locked the door. And maybe like four hours yeah. later, my partner at the time basically comes out of whatever stupor she was in and kind of knocks on my door. And it's just like, hey, how are you? And I and I like lose it. That was transformational in the in a sense of like. I don't ever want to feel this pain again, which I felt it again. But, but again, you'll read, you'll read in the book. I felt it like at least three more times. But, yeah. <laughs> but this specific feeling in San Francisco, so far away from any support system, it felt it felt drowning. It felt like it, that that room I remember was like claustrophobic, and it was it felt as if I couldn't get out of there. And I couldn't awake from this shitty dream. And from that moment on, it took a while, but from that moment on, I was a different person because I, I realized how dangerous um, love can be. And if I wasn't careful, I would get into some more permanent physical damage you know someone could die from these fights someone could die from uh these actions you know and uh, i think from that moment on i wasn't so green or naive about um 
physical altercations with uh, a, a loved one and domestic violence, I would say, you know, just to, to put it bluntly, um, I was, I became more scared of domestic violence after that moment, you know, both ways. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, it, it sounds like you were not like that. Like the moment you're describing sounds like you were not afraid, not afraid, not feeling like a victim in that moment. Like it sounded, it sounds like something bigger, like not like, Oh, she fucked me up. Mm. It was a recognition of, Oh, people, including myself have, this capability for this kind of mistreatment of each other Mm -hmm. within them. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And realizing that um, the domestic violence that I witnessed and heard as a child, it really is a cycle and you don't, you don't, it it isn't necessarily something that comes up when you think it'll come up, but what, what we get desensitized to and what we get normalized, you know, what things become normalized, especially in a, sort of like sex, drugs, and rock and roll sort of environment where everyone's always drinking and fighting and yelling and carrying on and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you know? Um, But that was like the moment when I realized, oh, this, you know, these fights and these arguments, both of us can get really, really fucked up in, in this. And this, you know, this is some permanent damage looking, you know, this isn't looking like, you know, oh, you know, we just had a couple too many and we got loud. No, this is, right. I'm bruised. I got, I got, I got like permanent, you know, scars, you know, physical and mental. So. Mm-hmm. This thing that we have considered as just one of the things that happens in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that shit is just not normal. You know, things get normalized. Or shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I rem- I think it took me until the current relationship that I'm in to realize you could avoid saying things you didn't mean. <laughs> right. I was like, well, at a certain point in a in an in a disc- in an argument, you're just going to get to the point where you say things you don't mean, and the game is you apologize as Walking quickly as back. possible. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. say the things that you didn't, and then my and my partner was just like, you can't say that to me. Right. And I was like, oh. Uh, uh, and and discovered that hey actually you don't have to do that you don't have to go all the way there you can just only say the things you mean and right yeah and take the L's when you're wrong you know just be just be wrong it's okay like lots of people are wrong and live to live to fight another day you know what I mean but like or, as not, a, fight. or not fight you know like <laughs> yeah. exactly um but as a as 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 artists, like you, you're a comedian. I'm. I come from the battle rap scene. It's like say right. the say the meanest shit. Just say yes, the say yes. the meanest shit. You know, like get them off you. You know, but it's it's it doesn't get get them off you. Like they'll get it. They might get them off you like physically, and they might go quiet. But Oof, that's the, the, the damage is like you're gonna be you're gonna be apologizing for that maybe forever. You know, right. Yeah, it's just w- one of the many things that I think people consider um like you see co- you see a couple 
I, I associate it with the days when I would be in Wrigleyville a lot, not to participate in the Wrigleyville scene, but that's uh-huh. what the comedy theater was at the time. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I know. I, I know how I look. I might not be, but I'm not the most Wrigleyville. You're guy, a you Cubs know. bro. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you see people like screaming at each other on oh, the yeah. street and you think like, oh, oh my God, that, that, that's, those people are really, yeah, they're then, crazy. Yeah, and you realize, like, no, that's just what they consider within bounds in their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And it's and it sounds like that moment in San Francisco, the, the thing I'm hearing that made it especially shocking is almost more so her – the next day opening the door and just as if nothing had happened, like, hey, that, that seems to be the shock you're yeah. going through this thing and you're met with like, yeah, like cheerfulness almost. Yep. It was like, no, this isn't okay. Yeah. Like on both of our ends, like what I said and did wasn't okay. What you said and did wasn't okay. And your ability to kind of gloss over this and be like, Hey, let's go watch some Netflix. It, it was right. frightening to me because as bad as things could get with me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just dismiss it, you know? Um, sure. I might table it. <laughs> I might say, uh-huh. give me a day or so, but I'm never going to come like nothing happened. Um, and when it gets to that point, I just feel like it's kind of like the point of no return, you know? So, and in that, you know, like it it still took a little while for me to like actually leave that, that relationship. But that was the beginning of the like end for sure. You know, it was like, "Mm, this is getting, it was already painful, you know, romantically, Mm -hmm. but now, now this is like, like my brain is, my brain is like, really like I it's foggy I don't know what's going on I don't know what's right what's wrong I don't know if I'm right if I'm wrong everything got blurred and um that makes so much sense that it was that because you're normalizing that stuff and so by making it okay you're fucking up your radar of what is actually okay yes and you know toxic relationships manipulative people that's how, you know, and people who are like trying to have, you know, some sort of control or, or power over you, that's that's how they do it. They blur the lines of what, you know, right and wrong and things like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. normalize things that shouldn't really be normal, you know what I mean? So, uh, and, you know, that's a word we tend to misuse too, normalcy. But, you know, you're not you, in a loving relationship. Why are you... <laughs> Why are you slapping and punching and kicking and biting each other and yelling at the top of your lungs and calling each other like the worst names you can think of? That's right. not cool. You know what I mean? That's just I think not acceptable. Cool. Maybe mm-hmm. is the word. You yeah, know, you right. Accept right. things, but they're not acceptable. Right. Things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, tell the, me about the, it's not okay. Doesn't that doesn't happen? You know. Right. 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 Is when it happened again because mm-hmm. you said like, oh, I, you know. I went through that same situation. Was it, I mean, I relate to that so hard. That's kind of what I, what I 
mean when I say that it's not like a, a clean straight line, you know, because mm-hmm. like narratively in the movie, that fight happens and your whole fucking life changes. Right. You, you bottom out and everything's right, you right. Know, slowly good after that. As opposed to like you bottom out and you bottom out and you bottom out the mm-hmm. same way. And you're like, why do I still have to keep learning this lesson over and over? Yeah. But did that moment, did it feel like a touchstone? Like when you were going through it again, were you like, oh, this is like that time? Yeah, it it it, it definitely. Uh, yeah, and you'll read it in the book, too. Something similar happens. And I'm just oh, like, and I and I say it in the book. I'm like, what the fuck? This is happening again. You with know? Tabby? Yeah. Okay. And so it ended up being like this. This because this where... book feels like a horror movie in some ways, where I'm like, <laughs> get out of there! What are you doing in this relationship? And then I'm like, this is and and Tanya's the other. One. I'm like, these are the uh, these ta when I mean I understand you're using like pseudonyms or yeah, whatever, sure. but like, but uh. Just, yeah, Tanya and Tabby, man. Sam, what are you doing? I'm like, get out of there, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about. Like the the normalcy. And then, you know, it's all it's always fun at first. You're like, oh, you're exciting. And then you're just like, whoa, get me off it. Get me right. out of here, you know? Right, right, right. So So did remembering that put you back in the space of like, oh, I got to get out of here quicker. Remembering yeah. that like, oh, this reminds me of that horrible time. I'm going to skip to it feeling horrible rather than letting it feel good a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah it, it, the thing about the, the, the other thing is like, it, it, it's similar, but then it's different. So with, yeah. with, with Tabby, it's like, we were, we were all living together with the rapper chick situation. And then also, there were just a lot of there's a there's money at stake, shows at stake, businesses at stake. We all lived together. It was like a lot more for me to walk away at that point. So there were times where we separated completely. Um, we had the space in the house to do so. So there was like this um, false sense of okay, we're in we're in our corners now, and we're cooling off now, mm-hmm. and then we could come together and we could talk things out. That was like the that was the difference where there were these discussions about how to be better that ultimately didn't, you know, didn't work, but, (laughs) but, you know, that was the difference. The, the, the idea that maybe we're doing something different this time because we're having more discussions about what happened. How confident are you that you won't be in that situation again? Oh, I'm a hundred percent confident. And a lot of it has to do with me. Um, I don't let anger get the best of me in the same way. I don't say the worst thing ever, you know, um, to, to people when I, to my partners specifically when I, when I'm upset, I'm more in touch with my feelings. I'm not as bitter about the world or just my worldview. Um, and then I also understand that my partner isn't going to be violent towards me. That's the difference. Last little guy. Nothing. Nothing as heavy as I know. Right? Like, let's lighten it up. Sorry. Like domestic violence. Like Dude, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> this is my show. Welcome to my show. <laughs> the, you know, comedian. Um, oh yeah, we gotta so, love it. <laughs> so, is there an unwritten rule you have for your life or how you think the world works 
that you're pretty sure other people don't have? Hmm. When I was a kid, <laughs> and this is so dumb because I still keep this with me. Um, when I was a kid, I used to, I was, I was an only, I am an only child. And I used to draw these pictures or make these songs for my family members. They like, they just come to the door. Like my mom would come to the door and I'd be like, oh, I drew this. You got to give me some money for this. So like, I was always like, <laughs> like pressuring people to buy my art, even when I was like a kid and yeah. I always got money from it. And I, and I was always thinking like, man, money something I can always get, especially if I do art. And that is the dumbest thing anyone should ever yeah. think. No artist alive. Please, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, don't ever think that just because you make art, you're going to always have money. But for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, I'm like, there's still there's something in my mind. Like, you know, keep making art. You're going to get some money. So, Wow. Especially, I mean, to be in 2022, a musician in the post-COVID touring post Spotify streaming right. economy mm-hmm. and to still be like, yeah, I think, uh, I think these, these little, these little tunes in my head are gonna, <laughs> are gonna, are gonna get me. This is what's gonna keep me paying rent. Well, the, the, see the difference is right. I have other forms of income, Yes, but the art won't stop. And because the art doesn't stop, I'll always get money from it. So that kind of tweaked it from just like, the kid who was just like, <laughs> let me just scribble some shit on here and someone will buy it, you know? Yeah. So you were basically inventing like passive income streams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and that was more like, that was more like you two forcing their EP on everyone's <laughs> iPod. Yo, songs of innocence indeed, man. <laughs> that is the show thank you for listening go to the links in the show notes to support someone buy that book buy her music see her on tour when she comes to you and also check out my links in the show support the show on patreon get awesome bonus audio become an afterhead patreon.com slash dave mar and until next week remember you are a mist miracles Miracles, you can do them. Have faith, you are human, only human, and human beings they do miracles.